Hey everybody, welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. I'm John Burke, and Matt is actually not with me this week. Uh, Matt needed a week off. Uh, sometimes we just get you know overwhelmed. There's too much stuff going on in the real world, and we have to take a break to make sure we are okay as part of being bloody awesome. But filling in for him is a, a former student of mine, friend to the show. Uh, he's been on some of our podcasts. It's so hard to keep track of which ones, but he's been on some before. Uh, Sean Bowman from Disappointment Media. Sean, how is it going, sir? I'm doing well. How are you today? Pretty well. Thank you for uh, filling in for Matt. Matt was very grateful to have you step in. Uh, the big tuna, as we often, we actually reference you all the time on this show. I don't <laughs> yes. know, uh, but we're, we're constantly like, big tuna thought this, or big tuna said this, or whatever. So um, it's nice to have you here. Uh, yes. And this week, <laughs> listeners, we're, we're going to be talking a movie that maybe you shouldn't see if you haven't already. Uh, Resident <laughs> no, Evil. No, you should not. <laughs> colon, welcome to Raccoon City. Um, the reboot of the Resident Evil franchise that is supposed to be more true to the video game, which is not false, but also not true because they, they <laughs> change weird things about it. Um, but we're going to get into our review. Uh, but before that, Sean, why don't you uh, tell us about your website, Disappointments Media? Yeah, so um, I started Disappointment Media a few years ago with some friends of mine. Um, it's basically kind of like a um, cooperative where we kind of try to lift each other up. Um, we focus on underrepresented writers, really. 80% of our writers, including myself, uh, come from some sort of underrepresented background. Um, and so we really pride ourselves on lifting up our voices and like helping build our writers into being better people um, and better writers. So that's something that um, is really important to me is just trying to help other people be better within the world of film criticism. And uh, you, you do TV and film on your site too, right? Yeah, we do occasional TV. Um, we don't do so much TV um, because it's just a lot more time. It um, is a lot more time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but for like big shows that we really enjoy, um, we'll do some TV reviews or like big shows from people we like. Like um, we had a writer do the uh, Midnight Mass, the Mike Flanagan show. Um, or like I'll do like my favorite shows, like Succession. I reviewed the new season of Succession because I could not review the new season of Succession. So, yeah. I really need, there's so many shows I want to jump into. And like you said, it is always so much um, that I, I get overwhelmed and just like, you know what? I'm just not going to watch the TV because it's just so much uh, of a commitment. I really want to watch Succession. I want to watch Midnight Mass, which I will because I did watch the uh, both of the Haunting series recently, this year, in fact. Um, but I'm even behind on Ted Lasso season two still. So I, I, I'm just oh. always so behind. Um, That's such a good, such a good season. Which I think speaks volumes about what we do in the shadows, though, because I stay on top of that series. Like, I love that show that I'm like, I'm yes. willing to and turn Dave. it on every you week. Also stay yeah. yep. up to date on Dave. Yep. Those are like the, the two shows that are weekly releases. And I think that helps because it just gives me like I have that one 30 minute episode that I'm going to watch and I can fit that into something where like when I know there's like 30 episodes of something, I'm like, well, but that means I'm going to give up hours of movie watching that I probably should be doing because I I feel an obligation to watching a lot of the movies that uh, just in general, I think even like, and I own so many that I still haven't watched. I'm like, I should probably, you know, hit up this criterion collection of mine and make sure I've watched all the things I bought. Um, So 
you know, but uh, I, I like what you do over there. Um, it's it's thank you been a great point of pride for me uh, because I don't know. You've told me in the past that you started writing because I started book reviews and I challenged the room of students to do the same. And only you took me up on that uh, challenge. Yes, um, I think I think like one other person did like maybe like two blog posts and mm-hmm. then decided like to quit. They just gave it's, up. Um, it, it wasn't it for them. A yeah. yeah. For sure. And I've had a couple of other students who have done it over the years. Um, not so much a formal challenge for me as it was with you, but uh, I, I was talking, I think, to a, a current class um, about you and uh, the C- CACF, the uh, Critics Association of Central Florida that you helped found. Um, and was like bragging, like, hey, one of my <laughs> graduates has done this thing. And uh, I pointed out you were actually a big part of the reason I started Burke reviews because you made me feel so inadequate with my movie knowledge because you knew <laughs> so much stuff. And I'm like, I should probably watch more movies if I'm going to talk about them. Um, and uh, I don't know if I ever told you that, like I, no, I've always kind I've of known heard that. that before. Cause you would, you would raise your hand. Have you seen Laura? Have you seen this? And I'm like, no, I don't know what these are. Are these movies? Like I had no clue. And it, it I became very aware that I'm like, I need, if I'm going to talk about film, I need to know film. Like I can't just know like the movies that I like, I have to know the history of it. I need to know so much more. And I really Burke reviews was my way of diving in and I've not looked back. Um, so it, it but I, I definitely think uh, you challenged me in a good way. Cause I, I wanted to be a, a better teacher in my content and you made me aware that I was not as good about it as I, like I knew my movies, the movies that I enjoyed, like I could talk Adam Sandler for days, but um, I be, I became aware that I needed to branch out. Um, and so thank you for that. Uh, I feel like I am a much better film teacher today than I was uh, six, seven years ago that I've been doing this now. Um, and it, it built to this podcast, essentially. Um, Matt would say the same, you know, uh, Matt and I have spent a lot of years now, just like you, watching all the movies trying to keep up with everything that's happening in the cinema world failing miserably most of the time but seeing a lot nevertheless not as much as you who <laughs> I, I don't know how you watched 2002 last year oh, listeners gosh, if you didn't hear that, that a thousand and two movies i i tell students I mean, that 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 includes rewatches to be fair there were some movies i watched like five times or six times that's still though like um, that's a lot of movies and you still like, saw some tv last year yeah i did and graduated college <laughs> like or yes. you like it wasn't like you were just watching movies like you were working and living through a pandemic but nevertheless <laughs> um it's still it's an impressive feat because i when i started book reviews my goal was 365 movies uh one movie for every day actually 366 because it was a leap year and i i beat that i got like 380 but it still like by comparison i'm like how 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 did you do a thousand <laughs> It was hard to do the 366 like consistently. I, and I've, I've watched about 300 every year since then, but still, like my my goal is to never beat that. That was painful. I think that's a good call. I think that's <laughs> I, a I, I didn't try to like I didn't set out to beat that though. Like it wasn't right. like I set out to watch a thousand movies. I mean, I will admit that in the last couple of weeks, I'm like I'm really close to a thousand. I should really push for a thousand um, because I'm like like I was there. Like it would have been like crazy to end up with like nine ninety seven. That would yeah, have been yeah, yeah. so disappointing. But like being at a thousand was not something I initially set out to do. Uh, but having done it, I would never do it again. <laughs> and with this year approaching the end, how many have you seen this year? Um, I think I'm at like five hundred something in year releases. 
um, versus like 800 something in year releases last year. And then um, in terms of films overall, sorry, I'm looking it up on my letterboxd because that's that's where I keep all of my compulsive logs. Um, I'm at 847, which includes about 20 something short. So I would say somewhere around 820. And you'll probably uh, end up around 850, given the uh, the push we're getting all these screeners yes. at the end here. Yeah, so, I'll man, probably end still... up around 850, which is uh, not a reasonable number, but it's more reasonable compared to 1,002. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, and you don't you don't write a review for all of those, but nevertheless, a lot of no. reviews are written by you. Yeah. And um, again, listener, you should check out his site uh, and not just uh, Sean's writing, but his his other writers that collaborate with him. Um, we always want to encourage that. It's always great to, uh, you know, to to have us eyeballing and looking at um, all these things that we're we're doing and uh, sharing. And um, I'm at I'm actually at 367 right now. I didn't realize that. So oh, nice <laughs> for me for this year. Um, total overall movies, and that I don't count what I w- teach in class. So there's actually more than that because I don't. I've I've watched quite a few movies in class, but I'm like those are rewatches for me, and I'm like I'm doing other stuff while they're watching the movie, so it's not right. really watching in every scenario but we started uh it's a wonderful life today which is my oh, favorite nice. movie and man it's so cool uh watching uh like they were dude okay okay i'm sorry listeners but i have to vent for a minute i bought the 4k steelbook of it's a wonderful life last week yeah because we i i own it digital and but our internet went down last week and i wasn't able to teach it because i only had it digital so i ordered the steelbook i put it in the blu-ray player sean it's the colored version Oh. which did not indicate on the Blu-ray that it was the oh. colored version. And then the sound is so quiet. I had my 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 volume up to 80, and you could not hear the opening, you know, like the prayer sequence at the beginning of the movie? You yeah. could not hear it. And That's I'm like, painful. oh, my God. I'm so mad. Like, the Steelbook's so cool, and it came with a little mini original poster of it. And I like those two things, but I'm so mad that the disc is in color and it didn't like, I could not find like maybe, well, maybe it has both versions. Cause it's definitely capable of doing that on a Blu-ray nowadays. They're not, it, it didn't seem like that was the case. And I was so upset that the volume was so quiet. So I had, I ended up showing the digital black and white version. Um, That's so disappointing. Is, it, dude, I like, I had just posted on Instagram, like how happy I was with my purchase. And then immediately it was like, <laughs> I take like, this back. No, absolutely <laughs> Don't buy this not. Blu-ray. Yeah could not believe it was in color i'm like no that is like reviled amongst cinephiles like we do not like the color because it's ted turner color it's not the original intent was never for it to be a colored film so like it is it is bad uh i was very frustrated even more that the volume was bad because i was just going to suffer through it i was like fine i will let them watch the color version they they were happy because they're all like they're second year film students so they're like (laughs) black and white movie uh and um i'm like no it's meant to be black and white to be fair, I have adult friends that are still like black and white movie. Uh, yes, even like uh, even like COVID? modern black and white movies. Like they're like, I don't want to watch Come On, Come On because it's in black and white, and I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. No, <laughs> I'm like, I, it's literally just black and white. Like I used to be in that mindset long long ago now, but back in the day, I was definitely like, oh, black and white old movies are stupid. I totally don't feel that way anymore. I'm very, but it, it took branching out and realizing how wrong I was. Cause all of that is like, you just feel there's no way I can relate to a movie from 1950. Not true. Um, you, great movies are like, are like any other great story. They're, they're universal. They transcend time. They don't, ex- they exist outside of that. And 
that's pretty obvious when you see movies like Belfast or the, um, well, not the Irishman, cause that's not really a period piece, but you know, when you see a period piece and it's like, well, it doesn't matter that it was made today. It feels like it was from another time and it's there. So I don't know. I, 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 I'm very glad I'm making them watch the black and white and they definitely 20 minutes in the movie, they're clearly invested and they don't, you know, they're, they're not worried about the color anymore because you, you, the, that movie just sucks you in man. like, yeah. it's everything about it just works for me. And it's been I really remember- cool watching them. I remember when I was a young kid, people like like my family wanted to watch it. And I'm like, eh, I prefer White Christmas, which I I, I did at the time really prefer White mm-hmm. Christmas. And then as I got older, I started understanding what about It's a Wonderful Life was so special. And that's when I started loving it. And it's become, yep. I, I think it's the best Christmas movie. I wouldn't say it's my favorite Christmas movie, but it's definitely the best. Yeah, it, it is. It's just my favorite movie hands down like there's everything about that movie works for me and it, it i would i strive to be some combination of george bailey and mr rogers like that is my goal <laughs> and um so especially as a teacher like th- that's kind of the mindset because george bailey he makes angry sacrifices but he ultimately cares about other people's well-being before his own and that as, as a teacher i feel like an obligation to have that and then Mr. Rogers, I mean, come on, it's Mr. Rogers. Like if you've yeah. seen anything about him, you just get that. And that, those two people like are my one fictional, one real, um, even though maybe persona more so than real, but nevertheless, uh, I, I strive for that. So it's, it's, uh, always good fun. It's also the most stressful thing in the world to me is teaching my favorite movie because if they don't <laughs> like it, I will be upset. <laughs> like, I don't think I would ever be able to teach any of my favorite movies except for maybe La La Land. I feel like that's the only yes. one that I could teach and people would actually agree with. <laughs> um, anything else that I was like, I'm like, yeah, watch this three hour Japanese film about uh, theater actors. <laughs> yeah. Like that uh, would not go well. <laughs> I will say uh, I have watched, I've sing, um sorry, singing in the rain and La La Land are the two biggest turnaround, like, people who don't like musicals or at least say they don't like musicals usually one of those clicks for them and it's always cool to like watch them like realize that maybe you should watch more movies from the genre before damning the whole genre like there's a good chance somewhere there's a movie that's going to click for you um but we digress uh listeners but i thought a little interview before we get into our review of this quote-unquote movie i guess if we want (laughs) to give uh credit um, but let's get into the stats for Resident Evil Raccoon. Welcome, welcome to Raccoon City. It was I was not welcomed at all. I will say that right away. <laughs> I, I felt very much. Like I don't know. A, I I felt welcomed, <laughs> and then it wore out its welcome. <laughs> yes, big time. Uh, this is written and directed, which is very rare for a Hollywood blockbuster video game movie to have one writer on the credit. Um, jo- Johans Roberts. I'm sure I said that name perfectly. I think right. it's Johannes. Uh, there you go. That makes more sense. I was looking at it like, I should probably have tried to say this before getting on the podcast. Yeah. I do that. Um, it stars. <laughs> whose, Ka- whose most famous movies are 47 meters down and its sequel, yeah. 47 meters down uncaged. Which um, I do not I, like the first one. I loved the sequel. Um, the sequel is oh. actually really fun. Um, but the first one we saw together, I think. I'm pretty sure. Both of us were like. At first, we were kind of into it, and just as the movie kept going, we kept getting more angry at it. Which I mean, base it's basically what happened with Resident Evil: Welcome to Raccoon City too. Like, like we started out and we were like, okay, we're into this, and then we just kept getting more and more angry. 
Oh, man. And it didn't help that we we had a bad crowd experience, listeners. Uh, there were two people who I think might have been recording a podcast during the movie <laughs> um, because they would not stop giving their commentary uh, out loud. So I'm not sure what that was about. And they were talking at like full volume, too. Like they were not shouting, but they were like more than just like casual chatter. Like it was yeah. like like they were actively trying to be heard. I, I think it's the curse of people getting too comfortable watching movies at home, thinking that the same rules, same etiquette applies to in theater views, and it does not. But uh, this movie stars Kaya Scaldelario. Boy, uh, I'm going to butcher some <laughs> of these names today. Robbie Amell, who I know uh, from a lot of stuff. I actually like Robbie Amell quite a bit. Hannah John Kamen, Tom Hopper, Avon Hogia. Definitely wrong. And uh, Don- <laughs> you know what I learned about Donald Logue? His name's not Donald. I, this whole time, thought his name was Donald Logue. It's Donald. There's no D yes, at the end. You didn't know that? Uh, I did not. I should I've send, always the, heard send the regal meme to you. Of the, oh, is it? The, oh, yeah. The grandfather with the, the granddaughter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know exactly what meme. Um, <laughs> the IMDb synopsis for this movie is, is terrible, but it says, Set in 1998, the origin story explains explores the secrets of the mysterious Spencer Mansion in the ill-fated Raccoon City. It it does not explore that really at all. Uh twenty eight percent maybe a little. Twenty eight percent rotten tomatoes, forty-four meta score, five point six IMU user score, which I think is the most damning sign that this movie is not great, that the user score is that low, and a two point five average uh, on letterbox. Um currently this is only in theaters. I'm sure it will get a home release sooner than later. Um but uh since Sean, you are our guest, I'm gonna have you go first. What were your Obviously, we have a general idea of your thoughts. What were your uh, yeah. thoughts and complaints about Resident Evil? Welcome to Raccoon City. So I was so excited to see this movie, believe it or not, because like I played the original game and the original <laughs> game is terrifying and a ton of fun. Um, mm-hmm. I hadn't played any of the other games, really, because um, uh, I'm not a huge game person, but I had played the original Resident Evil game and that game is fun. And then the... um. The trailer made it look like it was going to be more like the video games, and that seemed cool. And then, like, even the original um, the original Paul W.S. Anderson movies, like, they're nothing like the games, obviously. No. Um, but they're fun. Like, I mean, some of them are absolutely terrible. Like, don't get me wrong. The, um, the one in the prison, I think that was after – no, Afterlife is the good one. Um, the one in the prison was the fourth one. But the fourth one, that's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Um, oh, man. But, but for the most part, I had fun with that series. And I was really hoping that this one would be fun. And the first uh, 20 minutes or so actually kind of hooked me into it. And then there's one specific scene that I can pinpoint that I just started hating it. And <laughs> I think you know which scene I'm talking about too. Do you know which scene I'm talking about? I think so. Is it in the the house? Like, no. uh, there okay. is a scene in a diner, and oh, in that scene, oh, yeah, diner, yeah, yeah, they're like, they're like, "Hello, I am Leon. Hello, mm-hmm. Leon. I am Jill Valentine. Hello, Jill Valentine. I am Leon." And they, yeah, that he doubles <laughs> it. Like they go back and forth, and they drop every name of the people that are the characters from the video games, like five or six times they say their names. And I'm yeah. like, wow. So this is really trying to beat it over our heads 
that the other movies are not like the game. And this movie, air quotes, is like the games. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that that was the moment that I turned on the film. And from that point on, I absolutely hated it. It was not fun. There were a few scary-ish moments, but most of the scary moments were in the first 20 minutes. <clears throat> and it's it's yeah. just not it's not that entertaining of a film. Um the cinematography is awful. The CGI is cheap. Ooh, so uh, bad. The production design is all CGI, basically. Like there's no actual I mean, there's some actual production design. Um, yeah, but like like the the production design that it does consist of is like an umbrella sticker slapped onto a water bottle that I could have done <laughs> better myself. So like I don't know, it's it's such a bad movie, and yeah, like and it, it doesn't make sense that it is that bad either. Like it 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 felt like there was some backing behind this. Like it, it did kind of come out of nowhere to me. Like I was like shocked when. I saw it on the slate and I'd heard like nothing about it. And then the trailer dropped like the next day after I was, I had said something like if it actually comes out and then the trailer dropped, I'm like, I guess it's coming out. Um, but I, man, everything you just said spot on in my opinion. Um, I, I have played more of the games. I have a friend group that has basically like loved and worshiped this franchise of video games for since we were kids is like this came out when the first resident Evil came out when i was in high school it was literally one of the first three games i owned on the original playstation um and oh, it wow. terrified me like it was it was there was no game like it when that came out like there was no such thing as survival horror at that time it it started a genre of video games and i've been a fan for most of it i have not beaten all of them i've dabbled at least a little all of them i'm not great at them i find them very stressful and oh, so i don't yes. often it is enjoy stressful. Playing. i'm not good at it yes i play it on the easiest level and i still die all the time same completely but i still i enjoy the story so even when I, i've right. actually watched my friends play through these because i like the story so much so and i also like i there's a a place where i enjoy the paul w the P, pw whatever the other paul anderson movies um <laughs> and uh again they're not great but i there's enjoyment to be had there's excitement there's fun action sequences in some of them and that's what i was hoping for for this i was like cool they're gonna pay a little more homage to the game it feels like they might be trying to cram too much into this and that's what drove me crazy is they they did cram the first game and the second game into this one movie and then they still managed to add content that was not fr directly from the games as a wraparound framing device that I think is terrible. And I think it's the, one of the weakest spots of the film. Plus those things that you said, um, like that, that diner scene feels terrible. And, Oh, it is one of the worst written dialogue scenes I have seen in a very long time. And I mean, I know the purpose of it. Like, like that is literally the purpose of it. Um, is that specific, um, that specific purpose drop. is to say these are the names of the characters and you should know these names of the characters because they're from the video games. And Which, that was the entire existence of it. It was like a five minute scene too. It was, it was way it was too long. Way too long. And I think both of us looked at each other and just started laughing because they were yeah. just saying their names. Like that was I all mean, the scene was. I just watched uh, Phantoms over the 31 Days of Horror in Hollow in October. I don't know if you've ever seen Phantoms with Affleck or not, but there's a diner scene that was very reminiscent, and that's like a B horror movie. And like 
this just felt like a parody of that movie. And you're like, oh, wow, you're parodying a B-horror film. Not a good sign. <laughs> um, Phantoms with a 26 on Metacritic. Yes, also, exactly. Exactly my point. Uh, not a well... I um Because I'm a Kevin Smith fan, there's a line that's repeated in... Uh, I think Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back that Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms. And so I've always had in my head that I need to watch Phantoms because Affleck is the bomb in it. And so I finally did. Uh, he is good in it. He's far <laughs> too young to be playing the sheriff of the town. Right? You're I, like, you're I, like, I saw that when I looked up. I've not seen it, but I saw yeah. that when I looked up the, the cast list and I'm like, wasn't yeah. he like in his 20s when that came out? hundred percent not believable. as like, like, how did you get to be the sheriff? Like, I'd see you being a deputy. <laughs> but um, anywho, uh, this movie is is problematic for a lot of reasons in terms of like a good movie right and one of them my friends who love this franchise and are far more forgiving because that's the thing i think critics are gonna people always say like critics are just hard on video game movies or we're just hard on comic book movies and that's not true especially if you've listened to me i am probably too kind to comic book movies i love them and i have been harsh on some of the video game movies but let's be real most of them are not good I want them to be good. Like I desperately do. And I wanted this one to be the one that's like, yes, it's both true to the video game, but also a good movie. And this is neither. And that's what no. upsets me. But you know, what's crazy it. is that this year I, I would consider resident evil. Welcome to Raccoon city. One of the worst video game movies I've seen. Yes. Yes. But 2021 also has the single best video game movie I've ever seen. Is it free guy? No, it's oh, actually based on a video game. Oh, okay. Which Where is with it? Oh yes, but uh, I have like zero. Uh, I did not know that game existed until the movie. But I love that movie. Um, we just reviewed that on uh, Movie Club uh, last last week. Um, oh, tie-in, <laughs> yeah, good tie-in. Uh, listeners, yeah, check out no, the Movie Club. That that movie is like the best video game movie I've ever seen, and then this is like one of the worst. I mean, I don't know if it's the worst. I mean, I haven't seen yeah. the uh, the Ewa Bowl. Um, uh, the one uh, that's blood, blood rain. No blood rain. Not not blood rain. I've seen that one. That one's okay. I mean, it's not okay. good, but within the realm of video game movies, it's okay. Um, the the zombie one. Um, House of the Dead. House of the Dead. Yes. Which is barely like that was like an arcade game, even like so not yeah. story driven to begin with. But this what my friends who again are not critics um at least not in the traditional sense of critics i mean all of us can be critics right we all give our thoughts um but what upset them was they took one of the most beloved characters from this franchise leon kennedy and made him into deputy doofy from scary movie like he's essentially (laughs) playing that that parody of a cop and he's like they make him like he's only a cop at raccoon city because of nepotism essentially like it's it's not at all who the character is. It almost feels like the director who clearly had at least looked at the video games, maybe was like jealous of Leon or something. Like it's, it seems like there's a vendetta about this particular character. Like what can I do to make this character take him down a peg? Like he's too cool. There, and there are just so many questionable choices in terms of the characters in the movie. I don't know. Yes. Like even beyond like the, the authenticity of the games. Yeah. None of the characters it, are likable except, I, I I don't even know if I'd say that Claire is that likable in the I, movie. Yeah, they make her kind of like they make you. She abandoned her brother. Like, there's a lot of reasons to like. Well, why would we like you? You're you're not right. like. 
you're not but, really helping anything. And the only character that has a real arc that shows growth is Wesker. And it's about the most generic arc possible. And Which, it's not like the games either. I think the best symbol of us not liking this movie is not, I don't think either one of us considered the possibility of a post credit scene. And there is one. But we were like out the door as soon as the credits hit. <laughs> yes, we just walked out. <laughs> we did not care. We didn't even think to look. Nope. Um, I was like, time. after the fact, I'm like, oh, I guess there's probably a post credit scene, isn't there? Um, and there is, listener, if you want to, if you do decide to still go and see this movie, um, you should maybe sit through the credits or, like us, admit that, like, even if they make a sequel, I don't know that I'm going to sit through it unless I know that there are some vast improvements. I. <sighs> I don't know if I would or not. Like, honestly, like that might be the rare movie that I don't go see in theaters. Like, yeah. like I go to see pretty much everything that comes out in theaters. And I don't know if I want to see a sequel to this in theaters. I might Which, like wait to watch it when it's streaming or something. Yeah. But yeah. dedicating like three hours of my life to like driving to the theater and driving back home and then watching the movie and the trailers I don't know if I could put myself yeah. through that for Resident Evil 2. <laughs> and that's what's upsetting because this should have been a start of a series because we do have several games that have some really cool stories and character arcs that are insane and directions that they could have gone. Even if, if they continue this trend to like reduce the number because they did two games in one. So if they were going to do like three and four, which really wouldn't make sense. But if they were going to do that again to kind of expedite the series... I, I would have been on board if they were good. And it, like at the very least, this movie could have given us some cool action sequences or some awesome zombie moments. And I don't think it does that well. The zombie makeup looks really bad. Um, there's just so many, so many complaints about yeah. the movie. That's what's so upsetting. But I think in terms of it getting a sequel, it really doesn't depend on it, how it does in America. Like it's bombed in America. Right. It's only done like 15 million. But the original movies didn't do that well in America either. They made their bread and butter overseas. And I mean, that's that makes sense because it is a like an international video game. Um, yep. Like it started in Japan. It's a lot more popular in Asia than it is in the U.S. I mean, it's pretty popular in the U.S., I would say. Uh, but even so, like, this thing isn't doing much business overseas like i pulled up the box office mojo but it it still hasn't been released in japan um ah. which i think will be the be all end all of that movie yeah like, I agree. like if we see that that movie bombs in japan um we know that even like the country where the game started hates it <laughs> and that's that's a bad sign yeah so uh, if you are a Japanese listener, um, don't go see it. Uh, let's not prop- let's maybe we'll get another reboot and let like, they can do it properly because there are there's so much content to Resident Evil. There's I, I believe there's some comic book series. I don't know how canonical those are, um, but there is some animated movies that are in canon to the games. And those animated movies have been up and down, but still like better than not. And so it was really disappointing that this dropped the ball so hard and that we didn't even get like. At least the other Resident Evil movies have some cool action sequences or something. You know what I mean? Like, and right. the zombie design's not bad. Like, I think the zombies look mostly good in the movies, uh, from what I remember. It's been a while since I've watched those, but this, like, I mean, some of the makeup looked like they went to Walmart on Halloween and were like, "Hey, look, here's some zombie makeup. Let's just use that." Like, it, it's it's really bad in a, in an era 
post Walking Dead, you can't do sloppy zombies and get away with it because we've no. seen the quality that you can have. So you, you yeah. got to make them at least look like the undead. Yeah. Nicotero spoiled us. Big uh, time. But I mean, it's also a relatively cheap movie too. Like it was made for like $25 million um, was the budget, which I mean, it shows in the CGI that the budget was not yeah. high. Um, but that also means that you, it doesn't have to make a whole lot of money for it to yeah. break even. Like it's already broken even, even without Japan. Um, and so when Japan opens it and we see how it does in Japan, if it's, if it's a smash hit in Japan, we might have to force ourselves to sit through welcome back to raccoon city. Yeah. <laughs> or now leaving raccoon city, <laughs> um, which kind of makes sense at the, as the way this movie goes. But um, listeners, I think that's what we have for Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. Without getting into any spoilers, um, Sean, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, um, thank you for having me. And I guess just to clarify, you would not recommend our listeners go and see this if they haven't already, correct? Absolutely not. Yeah, and I'm on board with that too. And uh, listeners, if you were wondering, Matt did see this, and Matt wanted me to tell you uh, he also thought the movie was crap and that you shouldn't waste your time, uh, which is, again, <laughs> disappointing all three of us i think wanted this to be great and we were just severely let down um but uh in the meantime uh we should be back to normal next week um but you know never know because christmas is around the corner so if we get wrapped up with something uh it might be somebody else but we will be discussing steven spielberg's version of west side story um (laughs) that i am excited to see uh, I think Matt is as well. I'm a big fan of the original. I'm also, I am a big fan of Spielberg. Um, I know that's not always a popular opinion amongst film critics, but for me, uh, his sentimentality has always worked and I, I'm generally positive on his movie. So I'm hopeful that I will like West Side Story. Um, I know Tuna, you've already seen it and yes. you're lukewarm on it, right? I'm mixed to negative. All right. So hopefully Matt and I will have some things to say about West Side Story. That'll be our next episode. In the meantime, you can follow the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast on social medias. On Twitter, we're at BAMP underscore podcast. That's B-A-M-P underscore podcast. On Instagram, the Bloody Awesome Movie Pod. And we are on the uh, the Book of Face. You can search Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast there if you want to follow us on that platform. Individually, you can find me at Burke Reviews and BurkeReviews.com. Sean, where can they follow you? Yeah, so my uh, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Letterboxd are all at Big Tuna on Film. And uh, my website is, again, disappointmentmedia.com. So that'll be where you're able to find that. And lastly, if you like what we're doing here at the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, I ask that you take just a moment and give us that five-star rating on whatever podcast platform you are currently using to listen to the show. And with that, I say, keep watching movies. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Blood, 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 blood,